back to the FYI podcast. This week we've got Trump's new Supreme Court pick and an update on the Breonna Taylor case, as well as, as always, our recommendation segment of the program. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the FY podcast. That is for your ignorance. I'm your co-host Daniel Zargaron, and I am your other co-host Zachariah Kareshi. So on Saturday afternoon, uh, Donald Trump, President Donald President Trump, Donald the J. Donald, Trump. he nominated Amy Cohen Barrett, or is it Amy Barrett? Amy Coney Barrett. Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, she uh, not was nominated uh, for the Supreme Court. You know to fill the vacancy. Uh, after the tragic death of RBG, as we discussed last podcast. And uh, a little background information on her. She is 48 years old. She clerked for uh, previous or former Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia at Notre Dame, which is where she also went to law school and where she's also been a professor up until this point. And so with that... She is being held in high regard by Antonin Scalia's family, which you know bodes well for her mm-hmm. for the nomination process in right. general. Very conservative, though. Very conservative. Scalia's, um, as well as Notre Dame and her Catholic background. And she is also going to be the first Supreme Court justice that is a mother of school age children, because she has seven of them. <laughs> so that would I would we'll seven like, we'll Zach. Like. <laughs> Will likely affect her rulings in terms of education reform and things like that. Well, for better, maybe. I mean, yeah. like, I mean, it would actually might we're help. For silver linings, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But seven. That's quite a bit. That's quite a bit. And okay. two, of them, two of them are, are, are adopted children from Haiti. Good on her. Um, which is very nice. You wait, know, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Was that. Hold on. I saw a tweet where that wasn't real. That's. I mean, if it's not real, then Trump lied about it because he said it in his speech on hold Saturday. On. I saw a tweet, you know what, and I don't want to, I don't want to claim that Twitter is the end all, but I saw a tweet, there was pictures where those weren't her kids, those are her sister's kids. The black kids? Right. I don't know, man, I, I, I mean, it, that might be true, if, if it is, that's really fucked up. Sorry for the language, pardon my French. But, uh... Okay, you know what, alright, I think... I think I might. That tweet was wrong, and uh, yeah, I think she actually does have. Okay. We're yeah. Good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. I was okay. about to say. I don't think they would, like, I don't think they'd be that that, that careless. To, goes to show, careful where you get your news. Um, you know, don't believe every tweet. Uh, and you know, I also might be mis- misremembering. Uh, anyway, background on Amy uh, Coney Barrett, and we speculated uh, last week that she might be the pick. Um, yeah, and you know there was the sentiment that she may have inspired the Handmaid's Tale or a group she belongs to did. Yeah, which uh, we're gonna have to de- have to debunk this week. Um, she belongs to a Catholic group called People of Praise, and the novel Handmaid's Tale nineteen eighty five was inspired by a different group called People of Hope, which is a different group. They're both very conservative Catholic groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Amy Coney Barrett remains a very devout Catholic, conservative person. 
and the group she belongs to is, you know, as well very uh, conservative. They believe that um, husbands have authority over their wives in all matters and, you know, things like that, obviously against contraceptives and abortion as well as uh, gay rights. So yeah. she, fact remains she is a very conservative person in terms of social issues like that because of her religious background. However, it's not quite as specifically dystopic as was talked about. Yeah. You know, she, as we mentioned, she is a devout Catholic, um, and she has tried to defend that by saying, or not defend, but kind of alleviate the concern by saying that her faith would not compromise her, uh, you know, legal jurisdiction, or not jurisdiction, but ruling, and her, her bias. But I read on the Hill that she, there was a direct quote of what her thoughts were as as a lawyer or as practicing law and it was while she was in college and she said to enter a career in law is nothing but a means to an end and that end is to build the kingdom of god now yeah i've seen things like that i've seen a, um, a quote or a sentiment where it's a judge's um duty to follow their religious beliefs in terms of jurisprudence there was a an example where Notre Dame law um, talked about how some Catholic judges um, have trouble enforcing the death penalty even when it is mandated for certain cases based mm -hmm. on their Catholic um, background mm -hmm. so I think that you know as much as she says that, she, that it's not going to come into uh, it's not going to affect her rulings I think it might I think it certainly will I think it will and you know and that's not all for the bad that's not all for the um, you know that's not all bad you it's know, just that in some cases it should not be considered you know for right. example gay people having rights yeah obviously of if course. you are a strict or devoted catholic you don't think gay people should exist and <laughs> you know well. <laughs> in in layman terms i mean like not that right. they shouldn't exist but that they're right I wouldn't say they're not so right many words but they yes there is an issue of uh, gay rights and gay marriage uh, what was that Bo, that Bo Burnham song he said uh, for, he was uh, from God's perspective like I send gays to fix overpopulation <laughs> yeah, boy did that go cool. well but yeah that was a bit of a digression sorry yeah um, but yeah so she has officially been nominated she, right. uh, I Lindsey Graham says that they they plan to have the voting on the Senate floor by I think it was October 16th. Let me recheck yeah, that. Yeah, like we were talking about last week, uh, the conservative reaction being um, to push the vote to the opposite of how they acted back in 2016. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if she actually manages to uh, make the Supreme Court, the balance would change to a 6-3 conservative majority. You know, and she's not uh, she's not a very old old woman, so... This would affect a generation's worth of rulings for the most part. Oh, I yeah. Mean, she's, if RBG is, uh, you know, sort of a benchmark to look at, we've got 40 more years, essentially, of Amy Comey, uh, Coney Barrett if she makes it to the Supreme Court. So that's not insignificant. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of scary. Not to be too partisan, but that is a little scary. What, the fact that we'll have a... There'd be a 60 a majority of conservative, conservatives. Yeah. Roe v. Wade could be overturned. Same-sex marriage could be back on the table. Yeah. Uh, I read this tweet that was retweeted. It showed up on my TL from uh, Andrew Yang. Uh, the House of Reps are 
introducing a bill called the or an act or a bill called the Supreme Court Term Limit and Regular Appointments Act. And uh, it's essentially what we mentioned last podcast with Andrew Yang saying that Supreme Court justices should have term limits. And the bill essentially says that uh, Supreme Court justices should have 18 year uh, terms. And what that would do is allow each president to appoint two per term. So, right. Yeah. And 18 years is enough to like the reason it's a life appointment is so that it's not affected by the politics of Mm reelection. It's not affected by, you know, the trends of the day. It's based entirely on legal precedents Mm -hmm. and things like that. There's no pandering to any groups they're not worried about re-election and that's also why it's an appointed role instead of an elected role yeah but that does you know lead to people staying on for life and you know there's all this sudden a lot of conflict and turmoil behind the actual selection whenever that does come up yeah as we've seen right now exactly so i think that that's a nice compromise that yang is suggesting where 18 years is not short amount of time you know you're going to be able to avoid the politics of it the trends of the day things like that while still stepping down at a reasonable time i think that's a good compromise and that can avoid turmoil like this when there's a set term limit you know and plus life expectancy there will be no um um you know conflicts of quote-unquote lame duck presidency or not on any Partisan, partisan-wise or otherwise, it's had. I mean, it's it's the idea itself has had general partisan like support or liking, and I, I know for a fact that like the public also is open to the idea of it, and for this act specifically, this bill specifically, it, it has bipartisan sponsorship. It has uh, O'Connor, the U.S. Rep from California. It's got uh, Joe Kennedy the Third from Massachusetts, and it's got Don Don Byer of Virginia, who's you know, support across the aisle. Yeah, that's support across the aisle, which bodes well for its its performance on the on the floor itself. But will it go through the Senate? We'll have to see after yeah. November. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. if we think about conservatives, Republicans willing to play in a partisan way in terms of switching their opinion on the lame duck presidency mm-hmm. i would not put it past them once they have the majority to fight against this bill if this bill you know even if the majority of, Amer- of americans think this is a common sense bill we need term limits you know it's better for democracy this that whatever i do think that somebody like ted cruz or mitch mcconnell is likely to argue against it <coughs> so that they can keep their 6-3 majority as long as possible. Mm-hmm. So that Amy Coney Barrett stays in for the next 40 years instead of the next 18. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, even if this act goes through, it's not going to go into effect for any of the current justices. They're still going to be right. able to serve lifelong appointments. This isn't going to... This is going to be something that doesn't even, like, you know, really be practiced until probably, like, uh, when the next justice is gone, you know, right. yeah. retires. So that's, that's, that's something that I would think even if that you know they start considering this i think that the conservatives are going to fight it pretty strongly yeah um, which is dumb it's like you already got your sixth in there like why yeah. like you know their their seats are essentially safe so but uh yeah and so that's what's going on with that you know it's just a little bit scary like i said that landmark rulings uh for women's rights 
things that Ruth Bader Ginsburg fought for might be overturned by her successor. Yes, what do you say? What's scarier is our president not committing <laughs> to a transfer of power. Oh, right. Peaceful sure. transfer. Right. That, I mean, I know we didn't really discuss talking about this, but mm-hmm. like, I, I think it's pretty important that people know that Yeah. Uh, that what, he, what he said is essentially not nothing shy of a of dictator-esque. <laughs> a very thinly veiled threat to just not leave the White House. Yeah. Even if he loses, which is very... Which is frightening. Baseless. I mean, like, if he loses the election, I don't think the like, like I don't think Mitch McConnell, I don't think Ted Cruz, I don't think Lindsey Graham, I don't think any of them are gonna like, you know, you know, support this man if he gets voted out. Yeah. See, I, the thing you know, is, you know, there's an there was an argument early days of Trump where it's like, okay, common sense conservatives are gonna be against <clears> him <throat> because he's obviously doing wrong things, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's you know proven to not be the case but i think this is something that would be totally over the line like there's no way in my opinion as much as i think the conservative republican party you know yeah is treacherous and will you know bend not quite bend rules but change opinions to whatever benefits them that day as much as i think that they do that i don't think that they're willing to say yes let's keep this despotic ruler in power you know i don't think that I can't personally see... To hell with democracy. Yeah, I can't personally see Ted Cruz, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, these people supporting Trump if he just sticks around after losing an election. Yeah. I can see them maybe, you know, disputing the election. They are. I mean, he's already said that he's going to do that. He's already said, you know, publicly this is going to go to the Supreme Court. It's like, why? (laughs) How are you? You're not the person that can determine that, you know? No, I can see that happening. I can see them trying to push for a recount and things like that. But I mean, I really, and you know, call me naive, but I struggle to see even, you know, these Republicans that play hardball yeah. supporting a president that just decides to stay in power. Yeah. Yeah. Very, like you said, very dictatorship. So next up, and for once, same sort of somber tone. Yeah. Uh, no tone know, shift this time. Sorry. Yeah, no tone shift. If you're a big. If you're a huge FYI fan, you know, we tend to yo-yo back and forth between somber topics and happy Uplifting, topics. Uplifting, yeah. And, uh, uh, not the case for today. Yeah, just bad news all around, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. So there were three police officers involved in killing of Breonna Taylor. In her own Their apartment. Their names were, are Brett Hankinson, uh, Jonathan Mattingly, and Miles Cosgrove. And recently, only one of them was fired, um, Brett Hankinson, and he was the only one charged with any crimes. He was charged with counts of wanton endangerment, which is a felony for... Carelessness, essentially. Essentially carelessness for uh, human life, Yeah. essentially. And he received three counts for firing his gun... Were the bullets that entered the neighboring apartment. The charges he got were for the three people in the neighboring apartment, their lives being put in danger, even though none of them were hit by bullets. He was charged for those three bullets entering the apartment, not the murder of Breonna Taylor. And now, now ballistics have proven he's not the one that shot, you know, he's not the one that 
His bullets specifically are not the ones that caused her death. Yeah, it was Cosgrove that shot the fatal shot. Right. From what I've read. Yeah, but however, he did shoot, I think, unarguably with the intention of killing Breonna Taylor. Yeah. And was only charged with, essentially, bullets entering a neighboring apartment. Yeah. And he was the only one to be fired. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty ironic. And he's the only one yeah. to face any charges. It's pretty ironic that what he's charged for is disregard for, uh, is for human life with wanton endangerment, you know, carelessness and... Uh, but they, I guess, just neglected the actual life that was lost yeah. due to their absolutely crazy. Yeah, due to their and misconduct. We're not the only ones, obviously, with this opinion. There was a uh, new life for the uh, Black Lives Matter protests that have been continuing essentially mm-hmm. all summer, uh, starting with the murder of George Floyd. Um, and one could argue all of all of that protesting was for this moment to lead up to this moment and see will they get justice will will we see the legal system do what it was intended and formed to do which is to you know serve justice to those who wrong, who commit crimes and wrongfully right. take the life of someone that you know didn't deserve to be in that position she was Absolutely. in her home for crying out loud you know she's an EMT i mean she was serving to help lives as a career so to see her get killed out of nowhere or not like you know out of nowhere for no reason at all mm-hmm. um uh the family of Brianna Taylor have uh they're kind of pretty frustrated with Daniel Cameron attorney general right of Kentucky um I mean as anybody would be yeah I mean I mean I am myself I mean I saw the way he was the I I, I watched his press conference following the ruling and uh I don't know, man. He seem, he 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 is fairly inexperienced, and that was one of the concerns going into this case, whether or not he would, you know, do everything in his power to actually make sure this case uh, unfolds properly and just. Um, and following this ruling, the fam- family of Breonna Taylor, along with you know the Black Lives Matter movement as a whole, are demanding for the transcript of this, you know, of this case, and which I think is is only right. And actually, the the louisville corner office just recently released the autopsy and there was a shot to her thigh the fatal shot was the pulmonary artery which you know is what connects the heart and the the lungs that was the fatal shot that essentially killed her um no medical uh no one tended to her medically 20 minutes after the shooting which means the cops shot her and then just left her dead to die yeah so it's, it's absolutely insane. even after i'm sure they it's i'm just, sure they realized you know, that they were at the wrong place after killing her right so it just proves you know, you know in my opinion that black lives really do not matter to the current so-called justice system yeah the only charges faced by any of these officers were the endangerment to the white people that live near the near the apartment or bullets entering their apartment yeah. that didn't even stri- didn't even strike any of them. The idea that you can just murder a black woman in her home, in her home, with the with and not even a no knock warrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the only charges you face are for the people in the other room that are white being scared by it, essentially, <clears throat> and there being holes in their drywall. It's blasphemous. Blasphemous. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely asinine. I don't know, man. I 
I want to say that I expected it to go another way, but this definitely didn't seem that far left out of field. Like I, a part of me expected this ruling to happen the way it was, and not because you know I was hoping for. It. I'm just you know, me personally, I think you know I knew the justice system would not give the people yeah. what they wanted. I knew they weren't. You know, ideally we'd want we want Cosgrove charged with murder. Right. We want Haskell charged with something a little bit more than wanton endangerment. Which is a, has a maximum of... Uh, five years. Five years sentence. Like five year, and he's not going to get five years. He's probably going to get like three months or something. I mean, I don't... Has the actual like sentencing been... been? I mean, do we know how long he's going to be in prison? Not yet. I think he's only been indicted so far. Yeah, but, so... I mean, he's not going to get five years. That's just my personal opinion, but... Yeah, so I mean, essentially what happened is three people murdered this woman. Only one of them was fired, and one of them facing charges for wanton endangerment. What should happen within the legal system i think it's crazy that you know this is such a this is such a public case a woman has been murdered and there's only one person indicted on anything i think it's absolutely insane yeah it's ridiculous <sighs> in, in you know there is an argument to be made i have seen this argument before um the people calling for justice for brianna taylor are the same people calling for the dismantling of the justice system and the and um and the police, which I think is an interesting dichotomy. Personally, I think it's not a contradiction, but there are people that argue you can't argue for prison reform and police reform and in the same breath say, I want this person sent to jail, which I think is kind of fair. Yeah. Um, but I also don't think that there should be no repercussions for something like this. At least, at the very least, they should not have their jobs anymore, in my opinion. I All three of them. Wasn't it Hankinson? Wait, what, how do you say his name? Uh, Hankinson? Hankinson. It, wasn't he already on, like, discharge and, like, kind of suspended? Yeah. Prior to so. the case itself? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in utter shock. I really don't know what else to say about this other than... Uh, is it possible for it to go to a higher court? I, I believe so. I think it can be appealed. Yeah. It should be. Yeah, so on, uh, you know, I hate to bring up the hill again. I promise you it's not the only place I read my news. But there was a poll that they conducted uh, asking people if whether or not they feel the electoral college system, electoral college system should be abolished. Um, 51% said yes. 49% said no. And uh, among them were mostly democrats saying that they should it should be abolished but there were there were a fairly fairly uh, a substantial amount of republicans and independents that said that it should be abolished uh and the way the electoral college system works for those that don't know it's a way to kind of evenly distribute voting power among states right supposedly it's the founding fathers were concerned with states' rights, state sovereignty, mm-hmm. at an equal level. That's they were like scared of democracy generally. In that they were afraid that population centers in big states would lead to um, the needs of smaller states to be ignored. If there's a something, if there's, for example, any any law that would benefit people in a big city but would hurt people on on a farm or what have you. Mm-hmm. They were concerned that that law would just be passed by popular vote 
and you know the people on farms and things like that would just be totally screwed over and so the idea is new york can't pass laws that would hurt everyone in virginia is the idea mm -hmm. it's the same reason why um mm. you know i believe it's, it's the senate in congress that has two from each um yes state. senate has two representatives right. are rather proportional the, to rather population. than the house of representatives having a proportional um, yeah. representatives from each uh from based on population of each state so, so that's how the points actually are allocated to uh, states is uh however many number of seats you have in congress that is senate and house of reps total that's how many electoral college votes you get and so with this like depending on what state you're in the popular vote of that president or that candidate and within that state then gets those electoral college votes so your vote solely or your vote singularly does not get much power right it's just how it's being fed into that yeah, pot there's a, there's a literal college of electors is what or electoral college comes yeah. from where they do the actual voting exactly they send they send their ballots which are actually then uh you know counted or accounted for in right. the in the presidential so that's how election the works and like you're saying the poll says uh, forty-nine percent of people, or fifty-one, said abolish it. Is what you said. Yeah, fifty-one. Total, the totally fifty-one percent said abolish it. Forty-nine percent said don't abolish it. Among that, uh, among that fifty-one percent that said abolish it, sixty-eight percent uh, of Democrats said that they wanted that. Forty-nine percent of independents that were polled said they wanted that, and thirty-three percent of Republicans said that they wanted that. Which so, I think, a, I'm not super surprised that it. Is mainly Democrats. Line. Yeah. yeah, but I think you know this is promising, in that I think it is. Uh, you know, a dialogue is being started. This is something that can be considered on the floor. I think this is not. Obviously, this doesn't mean that it's going to go away tomorrow. Oh, for sure. Obviously not. not. But I think this is promising in that it is. I mean, this is this is a conversation, a, and it's yeah. showing that you know uh, it's significant amount of people are concerned. Mm -hmm with the state of our democracy. We've had two president presidential elections in very recent history where the person that got the majority of votes did not win the presidency. Yeah. Two in the past 20 years. Yeah, Hillary Clinton and Al Gore. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they won the popular vote, but the way the statistics worked out with the Electoral College, they did not end up winning yeah. the presidency. Yeah. And that's frustrating. The 2001 was very close. Very, very close. Yeah. Very, very I mean, close. he was at 266 whenever mm -hmm. Bush got to 270. And so. that was a very, you know, crucial presidency. We might not have been in Iraq, for one thing. We might have instead used those resources towards fighting global warming because that of was one of the main things. huge cl uh, climate change advocate. Yeah. So think about the things, how things could have been different. Think about things, how things could have been different without a Trump presidency. <laughs> Let's let's not get that's into that right now. <laughs> but the point is, this is not you know something that's insignificant, something that doesn't affect yeah. how things go down. So that's something that I think is promising. To uh, it's promising that it's something that people are people want to uh, question. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like like you said, this isn't something that's going to go away tomorrow, especially if it's something that was included in the original draft of the Constitution. This isn't. Yeah. You know, it takes Article a, Two, it so takes like a huge amount of uh, of support for something to be 
for an amendment the in Washington. Yeah. Passed, yeah. So in something like this, where it would basically restructure the way a, a president is nominated or nominated, elected. Right. But like another reason you were saying, like why the founding fathers like kind of like you know included this in the in the Constitution and made this the the main or the primal way of electing a, a, a president. You know, back then they didn't really have a a proper efficient way of counting votes. So if for them it was easier to have uh, people in districts set up to get these votes, take them to an electoral college, and then have them count it up and then send their ballots singularly, you know, more individually, more easier to send, get one guy on horseback, slap the horse's ass and say, Godspeed, <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah, you know, but now we have technology, we have all we these have different ways the to, yeah, exactly. Voting. Yeah. We have different ways and different means of getting this job, getting this election done. Right. And, and you, know, you know, I think, it is different because people in you know rural areas their rights I mean not their rights but their their um, opinions obviously are different from those in uh, urban areas yeah but because of you know how technology has progressed I feel like it's not that much of a difference as it's definitely less of a difference than it used to be mm-hmm. you know what I mean like and we're not passing that much agriform or anything like that that specifically is affecting rural areas mm-hmm. like it just seems like under the current system your vote counts more depending on where you live based on how yeah. like a voter in Wisconsin technically has 67 times more power in voting than a, a voter in California right so like you know that's really skewed I think it's that, yeah, absolutely yeah absolutely so that's something that I think is promising yeah, just atten- more attention should be pointed towards it. But yeah, but yeah. let's move on to uh, suggestions, recommendation. You got, some, you got something for us, Dan? Yes. Um, so this is not a new show, uh, but I've recently started watching Dave, the comedy series by rapper Lil Dicky. It's on uh, it's a Hulu original, right? Yeah, it's a Hulu original. Uh, I'm only two episodes in, or three episodes in, and it's, I think it's it's fairly funny. I mean, like you said earlier, the, I mean, Lil Dicky is a fairly charismatic character in a, in itself, in himself, but uh, he's like a modern day Larry David, you know? No, I wouldn't say in terms, I wouldn't say in terms of like... In terms of what? Yeah, I want to, I need clarification on that one. He's a funny Jew that <laughs> hangs out with black dudes. Is that, okay, I guess... <laughs> That's I just it. I see almost no similarity in their styles of comedy. Oh That's yeah, why definitely not. To... Yeah, no, no. In terms yeah. of styles of comedy, no. I'm just saying I'll in terms see, yeah. of like persona I, I, I understand and the yeah. way he, he per, in the way he gives himself off, depicts himself, sure, you know. Sure. But yeah, he, <laughs> I, it's it's funny watching him pretend to be himself, but as like a non-successful rapper. And you know, Lil Dicky's fairly fa- fairly well known compared to other rappers out there trying to yeah, make it big. Yeah, he's a B or C level rapper. I would say. I'd say B now that he has his own show. Oh, for you sure. Know? For sure. And he had that that Earth song, Earth which I know song, you're a critic right, right. of, but like right, you know, yeah, he had a good yeah, amount of A list celebrities on there, so you know that definitely made him more popular for sure. Yeah. Um, the show's funny, a little bit, uh, sometimes a little bit overly foul, overly grotesque. But like then again, I kind of liked it. <laughs> it's like that's my problem with uh, Cards Against Humanity. Mm. It's like I I like playing the game. I think it's a fun game. I think you know it's good when you can find a card that actually fits 
but when there are trump cards that are just needlessly vulgar and they're always going to win because they are in themselves <laughs> oh my a punchline and yeah. it's like oh my god look how vulgar that is I don't think that's that funny it takes and away from like, the cleverness of actually right, choosing if, a card if there's yeah. a card you know and I've got a card that says you know something specific that's actually fitting to what the black card says <clears throat> and it's actually a thought out joke and it makes sense within that universe or whatever yeah. and somebody pulls out the Pac-Man card you know what I'm talking about where yeah it's just like okay automatically on its own people think that card is funny and it might win even if it doesn't fit premise as well yeah. it's an automatic trump card and so that's sort of like my problem with cards against humanity I think that's a similar issue where it's like oh this is funny because it's gross well no it'll be actually funny you know what I mean yeah not to say that things can't be both I mean you know I'm a fan of some pretty gross movies sometimes <laughs> fair enough so yeah Zach what did you react um, for us today I'm gonna recommend uh, pretty old movie not I mean not that old that it's a modern movie what year 2006 six, yeah uh, yeah when I say pretty old that I mean that's not, 14 not, years ago that's that's fairly yeah, old yeah it's relatively old um, but you know a modern movie that's called Marie Antoinette uh, I'm sure people have heard of it uh, from director Sofia Coppola um, I think it's composed very well I love the music in it it's an interesting take um, where the music is like 2000s era alternative music in it so there's a strokes needle drop in it dope uh there's an apex twin at one point that scene is incredible um there's a scene where she's trying on all kinds of different shoes and some and there's a, there's a pair of converse high tops just in the shop hmm. and so this anachronism i actually think it's really cool personally you know, I like the I like the Great Gatsby 2013 movie. Yeah, where they use excellent soundtrack. Where they use the Jay Z no, was the executive no church, producer. No Church in the, the Wild. Music. Oh. No Church in the Wild is a mm. crazy good needle drop in that movie. Oh my gosh, the Lana Del Rey song in that movie, Young and Beautiful. Yep, goes hard, goes hard, and it fits the theme of the movie. Yep. You know, the excess in that kind of rap music, the excess of the 20s. It makes sense, yeah. and in this case, I think it makes sense as well for the style of this movie. Um, so that's a cool thing about it. The other thing about it, I have mixed feelings about it politically because the like essentially the point of the movie is a sort of feminist humanizing view of Marie Antoinette, where showing that she really didn't have much of a choice in her life. She was a, uh, you know, it was decided by you know people above her to uh, that she would were, was birth, to be yeah. married, um, you know, to King Louis because she's from she's an Austrian uh, royalty originally. Um, and it was sort of one of those uh, peace treaty marriages without mm -hmm. against her will essentially and show and so the uh, the movie tries to paint her as a human being more than you know an out of touch despot of any kind you know what I mean like the, in the movie you know she actually says I never said let them eat cake or anything like that and at the end when she's um, you know beheaded you don't see the beheading but um, it's sort of <laughs> it's sort of seen as tragic, you know. She has children; they're all scared. There's an angry mob outside. It's scary, you know, and you kind of feel for her. And I think that's an interesting take, and I think it's in some ways a correct and valid take, in that you know, at the time, women didn't have that much choice in their lives, and it's you know, she deserves some sort of sympathy from her position. That being said, she was still a queen. She was still a queen. <laughs> the monarchy is an evil system. <laughs> she was eating cake while there was a bread shortage and a famine in her country. So it's okay. Yes, she didn't actually say let them eat cake, but she herself was eating cake while people in France were starving. And she, you know, 
may not be responsible for the system she represented, but she did represent the system, and the system did need to fall. So it's an interesting take on the movie in that way, where it got me, you know, listeners of the show know how much uh, I relate to sort of the revolutionary, almost socialist uh, politics, and it got someone like me to feel for an actual, like, queen. So I think that's... Great movie. Uh, I love the way it's acted and directed, obviously. Music's great. Who directed it? Check it out. Sophia Coppola. Sophia Coppola. Our daughter of Francis Ford Coppola, legendary director. Of The Godfather trilogy. Of The Godfather, yeah. She also directed Lost Translation, which is great. She's got a new movie coming out with Bill Murray called On the Rocks. Nice. That I'm excited for. So yeah, check that out. I saw it on Amazon Prime. Marie Antoinette? Marie Antoinette is the name of the movie. How long is it? Uh, Roughly two hours. That's not bad, yeah. Not so bad. Um, Yeah, if you like period pieces... Pieces. If you like period pieces, uh, it's good. Check it out. And Jason isn't Jason Schwartzman in it as well. Jason right? yeah. Schwartzman plays uh, King Louis. Tom Hardy's in it very briefly. Really? Very very briefly. He's I'm very, watching. Got a pretty small. <laughs> it's pretty small role. <laughs> um, yeah. What's the guy's name? Hi. Fifty Shades of, of, of Grey. Are you looking up the guy's name? Yeah. If I can get it in time. Um, Jamie Dornan. Yeah, he's in it. He's uh, he's good in it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, good movie. But yeah, and yeah. I, I got one more thing to recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you saw this at the iHeart Music Festival they did recently. Miley Cyrus did a cover of Blondie's Hard Glass, mm-hmm. and it rules. Really? It's really good. Uh, I love the original. Blondie's a great band, um, and this Miley Cyrus cover of it, it's great. I think there's a tweet that talked about it saying, when is she going to realize that her voice is made for rock instead of country or pop? And... I think that's definitely the case. I want to see her. You think she's finally kind of? I think this is a niche for her. That's progressing really into that into that domain. I don't know if that's what she's doing per se, but this cover sort Stipping of. Stepping her toes in there though. Yeah, it demonstrated feeling feel the like waters. She's got a talent for that kind of music. I think that she's not has not explored previously. Hmm. So check it out. It would the be video. smart for her to do since she's kind of. I don't want to say she's been irre- irrelevant, but like I don't. I haven't seen her really releasing music like that lately. So yeah, yeah. So we'll have to see. It's a cool video. Definitely check it out. What is it called? Heart of Glass is the name it's, of the song. It's a cover, though. It's a cover, okay. yeah. So if you just, if you just you know, Google Miley Cyrus Heart of Glass cover, you know, it'll come up. Right on. But yeah, that's this. Uh, that I think that's it for this episode. Yes, sir. Hit up. You know, we've got a bonus pod out. Yeah. Uh, where we're reviewing the new McDonald's spicy chicken nuggets. In comparison to the Wendy spicy nugs. Right. And we meant to make it a segment on, on, on today's episode. Yeah. It went kind of long. We were dropping it as a separate bonus, bonus yeah. uh, spicy pod um, because we go a little, we, we're go we a little long-winded when it comes to the fast food. Yeah. Um, so definitely check that out. And once we like, once we kind of mentioned that it might be a bonus pod, we just kind of went off the rails when recording. Yeah, yeah. So we were like, all right, I guess we have no choice but to we make this a separate we, episode. We can move on now. We're just, we're just talking. So yeah. I think that was a really fun episode. If you're coming out of this episode and you're like, wow, you know, the future of our democracy is so grim. I need something good, happy to think about, you know. Then initiate your own tone shift and go check out. That's what I'm saying. Go check Get out the other the bonus. Yeah. Uh, once you're done here, go check out that uh, that pod. They should be out at around, at around the same time. Yep, roughly, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. 
check out our thoughts on the spicy spicy McNuggets and on our and the fat on the fast food industry broadly. We do yeah. a lot of riffing on yeah we do other. Uh, we also mentioned the the Travis places. Scott burger. Travis Scott burger. What that means for the future of of a uh, fast food rapper collabs. Fast food menus. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that so you yeah. can go out there and actually see what we Definitely mean. Check it out. But yeah, I'm proud of that episode. You are. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> I tend to not, you know. It was funny. Really? We like we legit thought that they gave us like regular nuggets for a quick second until the aftertaste hit. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so definitely check that out if you're interested at all. Yeah. Um, we hope you guys uh, enjoyed the episode today. I hope we didn't uh, make you too upset about the news. But then again, world. Maybe you should be. Maybe you should be. Yeah. You should. You should be upset. You should want to. You know, it should provoke you to say something, do something that causes more attention and awareness to what's going on right now. Uh, but yeah, I hope you guys learned something from this episode. And if there's anything you felt that we did not touch up on or didn't mention regarding the topics of today, please let us know through the Mercury's website. You can contact any of them uh, on the contact uh, page. And I'm sure if you just mention our name, they will refer it to us. Yeah, pass it along. Yes. Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, come back next week. We're gonna have more, more good stuff for you. Mm-hmm. Good or bad, depending on how the news cycle goes. You know. Well, our podcast is, is always, always good, good stuff. Oh yeah. Even if the content and is the topics maybe, itself you know, distressing. are yeah. yeah. You know, like like today's episode. Exactly. Bad stuff, but good stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> bad stuff, good stuff. You feel me? You good catch my drift? About bad stuff exactly without further ado thank you for thanks for listening this conclusion has taken so long <laughs> I'm sorry about that <laughs> uh, but yeah from Zach and myself peace, peace in, in the, the Mideast. Mideast.